On this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast from Scoop News Group, why identity and access management in higher ed can be a bit of a nightmare. Ask yourself, in how many other industries do do they allow people to retain access to services after they've separated from the organization? This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher ed IT and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening across the community. Quick Launch, a higher education identity and authentication platform, says systems are back to operational after a distributed denial of service attack as many universities return to instruction for the fall semester. The company's service was down or intermittent for the first few days of the semester. Companies said hackers flooded the systems with password reset requests, but no breach occurred. San Diego State University has a new mobile safety app that includes campus safety alerts and gives users the ability to share their location with another person for a limited amount of time to make sure they get home safe. Users can also share their location with the university police in the event of an emergency. TimelyMD, a mental telehealth company that offers its services to universities, will give students using the application the ability to interact with each other in a new update. The feature will allow students to post public messages and respond to each other's comments. Those messages and comments will be moderated, the company says to create a safe space for students. You can find all these stories and more on edscoop.com and in today's show notes. As students return to campus for the fall 2022 semesters, higher education IT leaders are continuing to push forward their IT modernization efforts. Michigan State University CIO Melissa Wu and Virginia Tech University CIO Scott Midkiff say the unique challenges that the university environment present make the approach to modernization all the more different. Midgift tells me how. I think they're really sort of key, uh, three key features for higher ed that are they're a little bit different than some you know other environments in government and corporate. Uh, one of those is that decision making at uh, universities, especially large uh, research universities like Virginia Tech, like Michigan State, uh, are uh, it's very distributed, right? And so uh, there is a lot of autonomy out in different uh, colleges and departments and research institutes. Uh, Top-down mandates typically don't play out very well, and so there's a lot more uh, emphasis that's needed on uh, consensus, right? Building consensus, building um, sort of shared vision of, of where modernization uh, needs to go. People, you know, different organizations are coming from di- very different places. You know, some are focused on how do we minimize risk. Others are very focused maybe on student experience and how do we make sure we have uh, the best possible uh, student experience. Others are trying to minimize cost or uh, make sure that uh, administrative staff have everything they need. All those are, are, of course, important, and it's it's a matter of finding the right balance. Uh, a second difference is that uh, we really have a lot of different colors of money, if you will, at universities. And so as we look at, for example, a move from on-premises administrative systems to running things in public cloud, software as a service, Uh, we really need to tap into some different kinds of funds. In Virginia, for example, we have uh, something called the Equipment Trust Fund, which helps us us buy hardware, but uh, cloud services uh, are not eligible for those funds. And so we have to to find ways of of shifting our budgets in that way. and kind of related to to the above, a third point is that we're we're kind of complex, you know, for our our revenue or budget. Um, you know, this sort of very distributed nature. Uh, we have, you know, we're not making a single product, a single widget, right? We have 
very active sort of teaching and learning programs, also very active uh, research programs, uh, outreach programs, especially at a land-grant university uh, like Virginia Tech or Michigan State. And so we, we end up having lots of different business models that all have to come together. Uh, we have lots of different stakeholders, uh, a whole array of compliance and regulatory uh, things that we have to meet. And so that complexity, I think, comes into how we do modernization as well. Yeah, and, and Melissa, I want I want to hear your perspective here as well. You've been CIO at a, at a number of universities, and and you know, really, from your perspective, what is unique about the higher ed IT environment when it comes to that that modernization approach? Well, I appreciate everything that Scott just talked about because all of them apply, as you pointed out, to Michigan State as well. The one that really strikes me, and I'm actually known for saying higher ed really isn't that different, except for an area that we're really working on right now, and that's identity and access management. And my elevator speech around IAM is that it's getting the right people access to the right things at the right time in the right way. And the reason that higher ed is actually a special snowflake in IAM is ask yourself, in how many other industries do, do they allow people to retain access to services after they've separated from the organization? Higher ed. Another area would be, you know, in how many industries can one person hold multiple roles that have different access to data? So for example, we can have staff who are also students, we can have students that are also staff. And as you can imagine, each of those roles has different access to, to data. And that's something I think that keeps us all up at night as well. So, so one of the one of the biggest things that I'm hearing from higher ed IT leaders since the the pandemic started and sort of in, as the, the the phase of it that we're in now um, is that this this concept of an app uh, or a digital service is sort of not enough, right? Uh, this was the the conversation sort of pre pandemic was that we can use a lot of you know um, front facing digital technologies to improve experience for students, but but I think that that university administration and and IT leaders themselves are sort of realizing the importance of of that role that a back office IT would 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 play here. So, you know, I, I want to dive in a little bit. Melissa, what are some of the back office, more IT focused modernization or transformation projects that you have underway to improve the experience of the of the you mentioned at the various stakeholders uh, that you serve? Well, I did just mention identity and access management. It's something that we're completely trying to revamp and reestablished established, but really our major focus right now in terms of a strategic initiative really isn't specifically a technology initiative. It's to change from the old school technology first attitude that central IT has had and many central IT organizations had in the past. The one that's really around experience first and IAM is part of that, of course, but there are other parts of experience. In other words, how people feel before, during, and after they experience our services and our products and interact with us. These things are so incredibly important just to, for everyone in our university community. And, and Scott, what about you? I mean, what are some of your uh, big modernization or transformation projects that are that are sort of coming from, from your, your side of the house in the IT office? So I think some of these are driven actually by experience during the pandemic and, and not that they're like just because of the pandemic, they, they were around before, they were certainly accelerated. And, you know, while a lot of things really worked very well in IT uh, as we went into the pandemic and as we sort of continued through it and as we're you know, kind of finding the new normal, um, 
it was very clear that sort of some, you know, paper-based processes and some other processes that were outdated, like completely failed, right, as, as employees went to work from home. And um, so I think a lot of people sort of woke up and decided, hey, you know, we need to provide a better experience for our our administrative staff and, and folks that have to make the finances, HR, uh, other functions of the university work. And so we certainly have a lot of effort that's, uh, you know, was happening before the pandemic, but really sped up as we look at how do we modernize our uh, administrative systems. And, um, you know, this is, this is a big challenge because we have a, a legacy with lots of customizations, lots of integrations. And so we're really on a, you know, very early on a path to kind of figure out, you know, how we move forward uh, with reducing those customizations and still achieving the functionality that, that people really need. And how do we reduce our footprint in the data center? How do we increase our resilience uh, through that? And then, uh, you know, security models, you know, cybersecurity is just always, always a threat. It's always there, but uh, a lot of, sort of some of the assumptions about our visibility into devices, our visibility into network traffic have really been challenged by uh, work from home and, and uh, distance learning. And so we are uh, you know, trying to really look at how, we, how do we make sure we have the right kind of endpoint protection for, uh, for all employees, including those working from home. Melissa, you have a really interesting project going on, a partnership between the IT office, the facilities department, and, and the, the campus police. Can you tell us a little bit about that and some of the work you're doing there? Well, what's really interesting is that each of us has some need for 24 by 7 monitoring that can't be fully automated. So in other words, there needs to actually be real human brains working on it. And so when I spoke to facilities, and as you, as you know, facilities has become more and more tech-driven. There's sensors everywhere for heating, you know, HVAC and sensors for you know, entry and whatnot. I was speaking to the head of facilities and he said, oh, I want to stand up a, a data center to monitor blah, blah, you know, these sensors. And I said, really, wait a second. We don't have a 24 by seven monitoring in, in IT. And I also happened to talk to the police chief and he said, you know, we really need to have good 24 by seven monitoring of, of our security cameras and other things that we need for, for public safety. And I said, all right, in the context of stewardship and sustainability, which is part of the university's strategic plan, we all have 24 by seven needs. We really should not be standing up separate 24 by seven shops and not just physically, but also in terms of personnel. So the three areas are working together with a consultant to come up with a proposal to create one 24 by seven operations center, which in the future might also include not just service desk, which is what we're thinking about here, but we also don't have a security operations center that's 24 by seven. And that meshes really well with the police force because there's a, there's a lot of connections between some of our po police officers who are interested in cybersecurity as well as the people that are in cybersecurity that might be considering law enforcement. So there's some great connections there, not just in terms of saving money, but also in terms of professional development. That's really cool. It's going to be exciting to see how that that plays out, and and just see what that what that means for Michigan State longer term. Uh, Scott, I, I want to go back to a point you were just talking about, sort of right at the end there. You were talking about some of the cyber modernization efforts that you had underway. Uh, can you tell us about those uh, and and maybe how they're fitting into some of these wider modernization goals that we're talking about? Right. So um, this ties a little bit back to what Melissa was just talking about. So we see a need for uh, sort of more you know, 24-7 observation uh, security operations center. 
And so that's, that's, you know, kind of one of our thrusts because the university really is a 24 by seven uh, operation. And uh, we're moving toward a, a managed security operations center for that function. Um, as I mentioned earlier with uh, increase in work from home, but really with, with a lot more uh, sort of data compliance and other kind of, of regulations out there, uh, we need to step up our game, if you will, for uh, endpoint protection. So we have an improved endpoint protection project undergoing uh, underway to really look at how do we, uh, you know, deploy uh, endpoint detect and respond EDR and data loss prevention DLP uh, enterprise wide, and to make sure that we have the right capacity and the right processes for responding to the results from uh, from that kind of monitoring. And then uh, we have operated, you know, with a certain uh, level of, of security controls. Uh, we follow a, a Center for Internet Security uh, security controls model. We've used uh, implementation group one, um, might mean something to some people, but we're moving to implementation group two. And really sort of the bottom line of what that means is that we are upping our controls and standards and expectations for, uh, devices, endpoint devices, and, and servers across the university, right? So back to my comments on being sort of a distributed uh, organization, you know, some of these systems are not under the control of division of IT, but yet those same kind of standards need to need to apply. So we need to have uh, the standards and controls, but also we need to help people be compliant with those standards and control. So that's, uh, that's kind of a, a third major effort in the security area that we're undertaking. So let's let's sort of pull it all together now, right? We've covered a, a lot of ground. We've talked about security. We've talked about some of the big modernization and transformation projects that that you all have underway. Um, you know, obviously, all of these efforts are going somewhere, right? Uh, how do you see the modernization work that you're thinking about now, talking about now? Uh, how do you see that work leading into the future, and and what does that look like? We'll go to you first, Melissa. Well, in this world of hyper-personalization of, of digital assets, I mean, I really think that focusing on experience first really will help modernize our IT organization because you, students can go to any university. So, they, you know, they have the qualifications to do so. So we want to make sure we provide a great experience to our students and also they're here to learn. And also for our faculty and staff, honestly, we need to retain them as well. And so we need to make sure that, you know, their experience here is top notch. And that's why that's so important to me. And I, th I think it really will help us modernize going forward. Also something else that we're working on that's consistent with our strategic plan is equity and access, because that's also part of providing a good modern environment for our students, faculty, staff, and actually the, the greater state of Michigan. And and Scott, you can close us out here. I mean, when you think about all these modernization efforts that we're talking about, where is it all headed? What does the future look like for you at Virginia Tech? So I think, you know, if, if we want to look sort of aspirations for the future, I think one is to really have our uh, our services and from information technology well aligned with sort of business needs and well aligned with student needs. So it goes back to, you know, experience, uh, the student experience and employee experience that Melissa was talking about. Um, I think also as we look at, at workforce challenges uh, that we have to find ways to make sure that we're really leveraging our workforce for the kinds of things they need to be working on and, and not just kind of uh, routine work that could be done in other ways. So 
automa automation is very important, less customization, better leveraging of SaaS and cloud services uh, are gonna be very important to the future. And, and finally, uh, you know, cyber threats never end. Uh, we have to find ways to kind of keep our head above water, if you will, in that area. But as we do so, make sure that we're doing that in a way that, that's cost-effective, that we're good stewards of funds, and also in ways that let our students and our employees actually get work done, right? And not just sort of lock them down to a point where they're not productive. And we have to maintain, you know, the open environment of a research university for uh, exchange and having kind of lots of people connect uh, both physically and uh, virtually. So um, I think addressing cyber threats, automation, and then aligning with uh, business needs and providing great experiences. Scott Midkiff, CIO at Virginia Tech, along with Melissa Wu, CIO at Michigan State University, speaking at StateScoop and Edscoop's IT Modernization Summit. You can read more about higher ed modernization at edscoop.com and watch sessions from the summit on demand. There are links in today's show notes. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. This show is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.